PodRocket is sponsored by LogRocket, a front-end monitoring and product analytics solution. Don't know what that is? Go to LogRocket.com. Thanks. Welcome to Pod Rocket. Today I'm here with Gleb Bakhmatov to talk about Cypress and testing uh, web applications. How are you doing, Gleb? I'm good. Thank you, Ben, for inviting me. Yeah, well, happy to have you. And maybe you could give a quick uh, background on yourself and then we can talk testing. Uh, absolutely. So I had a long journey from, from computer vision, image processing, Google Street View, you know, MathWorks until I arrived at cypress.io, where I worked for the last four, four years. I recently had left uh, cypress.io, but I loved work on end-to-end test runner, which is open source, which is kind of unusual. Working on tools for other developers is my passion. And now I'm here to talk about testing. Yeah, so maybe you could give a quick introduction. Well, what is Cypress? It's a free and open source test runner for end-to-end tests for anything that runs in the browser. If you have a static site or a web application and you want to visit the URL, find a button, click on a button, a certain message appears. You're writing an end-to-end test and that's what you use Cypress for. Got it. And so how does Cypress, I mean, I think probably a lot of people are familiar with Selenium. So curious, like how Cypress compares to Selenium, you know, what's the, yeah, what's the difference? They're all, uh, including Selenium, WebDriver, Puppeteer, Playwright, and Cypress and Tescafe, all end-to-end test runners. They can open the URL, find a button, click on it. But all these tools implement interaction with a browser differently. Uh, Selenium implements a Selenium WebDriver protocol, meaning the test runner sits outside the browser and sends through HTTP connection JSON commands, find a button. So it sends a JSON object into the driver that sits inside the browser, and the browser executes finding a button. When another command comes, click on it. So it travels down the wire to the web driver, and the web driver inside the browser executes the click. Puppeteer and Playwright create a WebSocket connection, so they can control the browser through a proprietary interface, but the commands and the responses are a lot tighter, because you're not doing HTTP, calls, you're actually using a WebSocket bidirectional connection. And when Cypress does something else differently, we actually load the end-to-end tests into the browser page. So it sits right there. Your app is iframed in the window, and the spec code is iframed separately, but it has direct access to the page, so it can find the element, it can click on element, and it can interact with the page directly. So to the user, these are all end-to-end test runners, but under the hood, the way they control the browser and interact with application are very different. And so what's like the advantage to the developer to go with Cypress? And like, how does that architecture help, uh, help the end developer just, who just wants to run their tests? So think about sending commands to the browser. If you can only send, let's say, individual chunks of commands, it's like trying to throw tomatoes and trying to hit you know, another room from a window. Yeah, you can, you know, imagine there's a person and you try to hit the person with a tomato. If you just, you know, 
throwing it through a window, sometimes a person moves, right? The element is disabled while the app is, you know, fetching data. And so in Selenium and WebDriver, because you send a command from outside, the page might change, right? Playwright and Puppeteer have a much tighter connection. So you are inside the same room throwing tomatoes at someone because you're closer, there is less flake, right? But because it's a proprietary interface, fewer browsers implemented. Selenium WebDriver protocol is now a W3C standard, which meaning most major browsers implemented and use it to test the browser. So it's not going anywhere. But using Puppeteer, Playwright, Chrome Debugger protocol is much tighter. Cypress is like holding someone right by, by the arm and then throwing tomato at them. So much tighter control, right? But not as cross-browser, but a lot less flake. If you find an element, right, and you want to click on it, you want to check if element is covered by another element, but it's not disabled, but it's actually there. It's much easier to check both properties before you click on it from Cypress test, which leads to less flake. Got it. So basically for, for developers, it's, it's just less flaky tests, less brittle tests. And um, any impact on like what type of tests you can run or can you run any type of end-to-end -end tests? And what like test, uh, what's it called? Like test scripting languages do you support for writing your actual tests? So uh, Cypress is almost like uh, Ford Model T. You can write your languages in, test in any language you want as long as it's JavaScript. Right. Well, in reality, JavaScript is what actually executes by the browser. There is no other languages, right? Flash is dead, Silverlight is dead, VBScript is dead. So if you want to actually load your test directly into the browser, you have to use JavaScript. Now, Cypress supports TypeScript and CoffeeScript, but those languages get transpiled into JavaScript. The good news is that most of the web applications are actually written in JavaScript. And developers are really familiar with using JavaScript to program web apps. So it makes sense to actually use the same language to write the end-to-end -end test. And one other thing that I want to point out, like what kind of tests can you do? Because you run the test right inside the browser, your test can access any object in your application code. You want to disable some method, just go to that reference and use built-in a sign on stop from Cypress test to disable. You want to access and stop browser API, like, I don't know, like navigator location. You can directly do it. Our test runners cannot do that because you're only sending a command to a browser. You don't have direct access to the JavaScript and objects in your web application. And I'm, I'm curious, like, that, you know, that all makes sense. And like more broadly, like I've seen a lot of these tools pop up that aim to kind of make tests less brittle in general. So like, sounds like Cypress, you know, has some aspects of just being a better technical environment for making tests less brittle, but like the perennial problem of you change your application a little bit, it breaks your tests, but you didn't want those tests to break. Like some things like uh, Test.im or Testim, if you've heard of that one, or um, a couple of these products I've seen over the years that use machine learning to try to make tests less brittle. Like, I'm curious if Cypress has any, uh, you know, anything on the roadmap or any ways that Cypress also helps address that problem of brittle tests that just discourage developers from writing them in the first place? So uh, finding the element and checking it before you can click on a button solves like, like individual command flake, which is a big problem in Selenium-based tests. 
what you described are brittle tests, right? Where a developer can modify the structure of a page and all of a sudden you cannot find this button because its ID has changed. So we actually think of this problem holistically. The problem is the disconnect between your code and the test. And all the machine learning startups and professional companies, they sell you this thing where someone else writes the test. They can maybe click around on a page to define the test. But it's really discon it's disconnected from the developer working on a page. We believe the developer should be writing end-to-end tests. And we make it super simple for developers to actually do this. You know, you can run Cypress and you should run Cypress locally, you know, first of all. Meaning, if you're a developer working on a new feature, as you work on a code, you write the test. And the test keeps exercising your code, right? When you open a pull request, it has your code changes and it has new tests or changed tests. And if pull request passes all the tests, you know the tests are not brittle or they have been changed with the code. When you merge the pull request and you run the same updated test and they should pass. So we believe that the tighter feedback loop is the answer to brittle tests. Particular strategy for selecting elements varies. We have best practices at Cypress, which like I agree with using uh, data test ideas. So that you know that this particular attribute is specifically for testing and doesn't depend on CSS classes. You can use ARIA labels so that you hit two birds with one stone. Your test can find elements without being brittle. And accessibility is present in your page by design. And if you remove accessibility label, then your test breaks for the right reason, right? So we solve this problem by just eliminating this disconnect between the test and the code. So Cypress, you mentioned, is free open source um, software. Like, I'm curious, what, what's the business model around the open source software? Like, do you offer hosted testing or kind of what, is, uh, yeah, what does that look like? Oh, we sell a cryptocurrency called Cycon. Oh, no, nice. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know. This is a great question because if you want an active open source project, you have to invest money into salaries, testing infrastructure and, and so on. So Cypress, when I joined, has decided let's open source because selling subscriptions and licenses doesn't really work, right? You don't want to write tests in this particular tool from a startup, but if startup fails, that time investment is all gone. So Cypress is completely open source. There are no feature limitations, nothing. The company Cypress has additional dashboard that can store test results and Cypress like records videos of everything by default and screenshots. So Cypress sells a dashboard where you can privately keep all the test results, allows you to run tests in parallel, has GitHub, Bitbucket, GitLab integrations, and all like related tools like analytics, okay? So if you're a solo developer, use Cypress by yourself on CI everywhere, no limitations. If you're a company that successfully writes a lot of tests, you will get a value of additional services. And that's what allows Cypress as a company to thrive and invest money and resources into the open source project. So I think this is a very nice, there's a nice balance of open source and commercial offering. And by the way, a lot of companies now actually offer similar dashboards for the open source test runner. 
my browser stack, uh, perfecto.io, AWS Amplify. You can run Cypress open source test runner and get all the results in Vote's private dashboard and we at Cypress welcome it. We think the Cypress IO dashboard stands on its own merits and is pretty strong case for businesses but write a lot of tests. And so what does the future of, of Cypress look like? Like, what are you most excited about? Um, you know, with anything you can share about roadmap or uh, things that are kind of in the future for Cypress? So I, I will say, you know, since I left the company last month is that uh, the company is doing great. When I joined, it was five people. When I left, it was 50 people. The interesting things that we always suffered while I was there were technical limitations of this, like inject the spec into the window model. If you want to control the browser, you really need browsers that could be controlled. For example, Safari, Apple Safari desktop browser is popular, but we cannot control it from Cypress. Right now, there is work on actually supporting WebKit, which is the engine behind Safari. So once that lands, that will be the last major desktop browser that Cypress still doesn't support because it, we added Firefox, the new Edge is supported, and Chrome always was supported. So WebKit and Safari is an exciting feature. Another thing what many people struggle with are think, uh, tests that traverse multiple domains. Imagine you go to your web application page, but you have to log in with Facebook. So you have to jump to Facebook and jump back. Cypress, because it injected code in your original domain frame, would lose you as soon as you go to another domain. So there is now multi-session support coming on a roadmap and it's actively being developed. Um, and another thing, but now it became part of a core that I started two years ago, is component testing. So I said, yes, it's for anything that runs in a browser, like end-to-end test where you visit the URL, click around. But when you're developing front-end, you probably work with framework components from React, Vue, Angular, right? And so Cypress now has adapters and a mode where you can just, instead of a URL, mount that component and see it and interact with everything like just like a normal page and use the full battery, a full battery of Cypress commands and plugins to test the components before you put them into the page, which I'm excited about. Yeah, that component-driven development and component testing is something we talked about a long time ago on, on the podcast. We had um, Zoltan Ola from Chromatic, um, and we, we talked about you know, some of the component-level, component-driven development, component testing stuff they're working on. So definitely an interesting area. Um, looking more broadly, like, you know, t testing, t tests have been around since, I guess, as long as developers have been writing code, and there's you know, so many different people share different best practices about what they believe, you know, the ideal amount of testing, the ideal type of testing you should be doing, whether you should be doing, you know, unit tests or integration tests or, uh, you know, all the different types of tests. Like, what's your belief, like, for a modern front-end application today? Like, what do you think is the right way to think about, the, you know, how much, how, how much testing you should be doing, what different types of tests you should be writing? I strongly believe in end-to-end tests. Because if I put myself into the user's shoes, the users are only worried that the full deployed page works. They don't care if you do unit testing. They don't care if you uh, use super cool, fast test runners. They care, can I go to the URL, see the page, 
do everything I have to do, and click, let's say, checkout. What happens then? So to me, the closest to giving you confidence that the whole thing works after it's been deployed, after there are APIs, with uh, third-party services and all those things, and the databases are configured correctly, is to test it through the real browser by interacting with the page through the end-to-end test runner. So I would start with end-to-end test run, right? You can still write unit tests, right? But they're like little support things for, you know, logical flows for my particular piece of code. But to the user, the end-to-end is probably the most important thing. So I usually recommend starting with that. The second thing that I usually recommend is to use visual testing. So Cypress is a functional end-to-end test runner. Find a button, click on it. As long as the button is there and it's clickable, it will succeed. But if you forget to load your styles, if there is a problem, if everything is screwed up on the page, the button can be still there, can be findable and clickable. But to the user, the page will look completely broken. Cypress will not catch that. So you should add visual testing, right? So you do end-to-end tests through a whole user flow and at major steps, just take the whole screenshot of a page and make sure it looks exactly like it used to look before. So you approved it once and then it stays until you really want to change it and you approve a new visual look. But then there are additional things. And that's where I usually say, hey, at this point, manual, manually keeping track of all the tests and features is probably not gonna work because you will have a lot of user stories and a lot of end-to-end tests. So there might be parts of your code not covered. In that case, instrument your application and measure code coverage. And the code coverage will tell you, hey, out of all your application code, these lines were exercised during the testing and these lines were missed. So you never reach them. And now you play a detective. You're like, what is that feature? Oh, I, I never tested deleting a user. And then you write end-to-end test for deleting a user. And then you see if there are any more edge cases left that you haven't tested. So to me, the code coverage nicely solves this problem of how many tests should I write? Do I have enough tests? Am I missing something, right? Use code coverage, write end-to-end test, and fill little gaps with like unit, component, maybe API tests, right? I call this, and people laugh about it, usually people call uh, a testing pyramid a pyramid because at the bottom you have unit tests, then integration tests in the middle, and just a few end-to-end tests on the top. And I like to say, okay, take a whole pyramid, but just fill it with end-to-end and visual tests. And at the bottom have like little legs of like API tests, component tests, unit tests. So it looks like a crab, right? That's, that's how I call it. A testing crab is my metaphor. So a couple questions. I'm, I'm curious, um, you know, there are a bunch of tools out there that aim to help with the automation of visual testing tools that will like, you know, compare the pixels and the screenshots and things like that. Um, do you have any recommendations for like what tools you recommend alongside Cypress for visual testing? Absolutely. So the biggest choice, right? Like the first question that will come up is, do you want to do it yourself with visual testing or do you want to use third party paid service for visual testing? Now, my background is image um, processing and image teaching. So with that said, I don't want to do it myself. I would rather pay someone like Applitals, Hapo, Percy 
right? 100, 200, it depends on, a, you know, how many tests you run, dollars per month, rather than me doing the whole thing. Because as soon as you spend even two, three hours a month working on open source, system for this, for keeping track of images, for approving the, you know, change images, for all the jazz, you already blew your image process or your image uh, different budget. So try using off-the-shelf third-party paid, you know, visual testing service, right? All of them have Cypress plugins nowadays. See how useful it is, right? And if it's not useful, then either drop it or do open source. But remember, if you use open source tools and you implement this whole system, it will cost you money and time in implementation and maintenance every month. So kind of calculate your budget. You, it, it's not worth it. So use third-party service. And I think one of the things that you know I've always found is an interesting challenge when writing end-to-end -end tests is like how to think about writing meaningful tests and not just tests for test sake and like tests that are likely to catch the kind of regressions that a test should catch. So like any advice on how people should think about that? We strongly believe at Cyprus that the test should be readable. If it's hard to understand what the test does, then it probably is not doing what you think it's doing or what the original offer meant for it. So we suggest, because you keep the code and the test usually together, you should review your test as carefully as you review your production code. Does it make sense? Are you hard coding something? Why is there unnecessary wait for 30 seconds? That means you're not understanding your own application. So for you to write maintainable tests, make sure there is a second pair of eyes. Right and review your you know, test changes just like you review normal code. I think that will guarantee long-term good testing. So, how do you recommend like if someone wants to introduce the practice of end-to-end -end testing at a company and maybe the company hasn't written a lot of tests yet? Like, what's a good starting point and how you know how can you a get started from a technical perspective and b get buy-in from the team and the organization? So imagine you have an organization could be small, could be large. Right? You might have some manual testers already. You might have a combination of manual tests, maybe some flaky end-to-end -end tests, and unit tests. The way I would start is by honestly looking at the current situation. Do you trust your end-to-end -end tests, or people just ignore when they fail? Do you get confidence from writing a lot of unit tests, low-level tests? Or do you still think, oh, I have to manually check the page before and after each deploy, right? So after you do that, show a tool, let's say Cypress, right? I'm partial to Cypress because I think it's the best. Show Cypress to developers and QA people. Like just do a demo, right? Saying, here's how you test to do MVC, here's how you run it, here's what it gives you if, if there is a mistake, and here's how useful it is. See what they say, right? The best thing I found, and I had a lot of webinars done with other companies that use Cypress and who were successfully introducing that at the company, who decided it's bottoms-up approach. A developer or QA starts you know, with a single Cypress test. They just visit the page. As soon as they have a test and it reliably runs on CI and locally, 
they decide, hey, can I write another test? And all of a sudden, the developer working on a feature will say, hey, writing text test as I'm writing code is actually a useful thing. It actually helps me be more productive because I can see the test running, executing, and if I change something, it catches it right away. So all of a sudden, developers especially will say, the tool is making me productive. It's no longer a time sink to write tests, but it gives me confidence and makes me develop faster. On the other hand, the quality assurance engineers, when they see that there is automatable way of writing end-to-end -end tests that used to be manual, will say, oh, thank God, finally, we don't have to spend hours after each deploy going through like Google Docs, clicking the button and thinking, oh, I have to check everything, right? So there is a little bit of, I would say, tightrope you have to uh, walk. You cannot show the tool and say, we're going to automate your jobs. And everyone who is QA today will uh, have to find a new you know, position. People who are doing manual QA right now could do so much more and look at other types and higher types of testing that they don't have time right now for, right? Look at visual testing, look at accessibility testing, look at performance testing, look at security scans, right? All these things right now are completely forgotten because you manually test every user workflow after deployment. By automating, and Cypress is not perfect, right? And it's not a magical wand. You can only automate pretty much simple kind of point and click, point and click, assert, assert steps, right? It cannot do performance testing for you. It cannot do security scans for you, right? You have to actually be a human being, an expert to do those things. So you have to explain to your QA team, this tool will just take the boring part out of your day life so you can do interesting stuff. And for developers, you are more productive by not uh, you know, doing it yourself manually after as a push code, but instead this test will uh, confirm that what you've written actually works. So that's how I, I see companies successfully introducing end-to-end -end tests into their businesses. So if someone wants to learn um, or someone wants to get started with Cypress, what's the best way to go about doing that? If you want to just try Cypress, see what it's about, go to cypress.io and go to the documentation. Cypress documentation is and I mean, I'm praising myself a little bit, but every engineer at Cypress invested about 25% of their time updating and writing documentation. It's the only technical company where I saw the emphasis. And I was VP of engineering, so I actually forced it a lot of times, right? Like documentation is what makes or breaks projects. And Cypress documentation is exceptional. So go to Cypress, look at the introduction doc, give it five minutes of your time of your day and go from there. Well, Gleb, it's been awesome to have you on and learn about Cypress and testing, so thanks so much. Thank you so much for inviting me. Best of luck and happy testing. Hi, thanks for listening. Um, please remember to like, subscribe, uh, email me if you want, even though none of you do. Go to logrocket.com and, and try it out. It's free to try. Then it costs money, but yeah, we'll see you next time. Thanks.